Blog Talk Radio. Espresso listeners, this is your host of Technology Espresso Cafe. This is Jacqueline Sanders along with my co-host. Hey, Blackman. Hello and welcome, everyone. And um, we're excited again to have the opportunity to, to sit and have a conversation with you. Um, I'd like to say that if uh, Dr. Craig Brown is on the line, if you just press 1, we look forward to you joining us here uh, in the uh, Espresso Cafe and uh, we want to have a, a conversation with him today, um, and as well as we look forward to any questions from our audience. Uh, as you know, this is a live broadcast, so we do things uh, kind of, uh, they just kind of spur the moment how we're feeling. And one of the things that I want people to understand about Technology Cafe is that these aren't rehearsed or planned conversations. It's really just kind of a uh, open forum, so that's why we like to ask our uh, audience to participate as well. And so we actually have a chat room. You can participate in the chat room by going to technologyexpresso.com. Um, also, we are live on Twitter during the shows. And what we do is we do a just conversation with our guests and it kind of allow you to kind of eavesdrop on the conversation. We ask the type of questions we think you might ask, um, but you're also, like I said, welcome to participate and ask questions. And I will tell our audience as well, the reason why we call it Technology Express because these are quick, fast, intense bursts of information that we give to you. We know everyone has busy lives, so we offer these hour segments with all of our esteemed guests. We've had a great lineup. And today is going to be no different. So, again, welcome, everyone. Um, I'd also like to – I'd also like to go to – I'd also like to go and welcome our guest. Um, Is that – Dr. Brown, are you with us today? Yes, ma'am, I'm here. Excellent. Awesome. <laughs> Technology is a beautiful thing when everything work, works the way it's supposed to. <laughs> so, first of all, thank you and, and welcome for uh, welcome joining us uh, from your home. And, and we're here at our, our place here in Atlanta. 
and uh, really excited to have you on the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, absolutely. Well, like I said, it's just kind of an impromptu conversation, but um, just to let our listening audience know, of course, you are now the uh, president-elect of the National BDPA, so first of all, congratulations on that. Uh, really excited about all the uh, the changes and, and new programs and just new energy that you're going to bring. And so we're looking forward today to, to talk about that. But I'd actually like to give the audience a chance to get to know uh, you and and kind of take us back, actually. And so let's start at the beginning, if you don't mind. Tell us how you even got into IT technology. What kind of sparked your interest? Um, for me, it started in college. Um, I went to I started I started my education as a mechanical engineering major, and I got an internship in the IT in the engineering department, but they wanted me to learn programmer languages to do some reporting to create to create some engineering related data reporting. So my first real hands-on with IT was in that job. I got to learn three computer languages. One of them was COBOL, which you know is still around, but it's not as popular as it used to be. And um, another one, another one was Fortran, and another one was Pascal. So I learned those three languages on the job, not in school, but it, it, it piqued my interest. I went back to school. I wanted to change my major to continue using those tools, and I was too far ahead in my education uh, curriculum to change, so I ended up adding computer science, and so I ended up graduating with a dual degree, one computer science and one mechanical engineering. And to date, I haven't done very, very much with my mechanical engineering degree. I see. Okay. Very good. And and from there, you must have had enough passion that you, you later also pursued uh, your, your Ph.D., your master's and your Ph.D. Um, so what drove you to even go even further in your education and, and to get your Ph.D.? Well, the start was that before I got accepted, I actually had funding, so it actually really helped to already know that the education is paid for before you make the commitment. So I, I had scholarships. I had a scholarship for the under, my undergraduate um, curriculums, and I also had money scholarships for my graduate um, studies. So because I had the funding and because I was able to um, get accepted, it just made sense to stay in. My father told me that I better do it or or else. So. <laughs> um, actually, <laughs> I I didn't really want to go back to school right away. I did all I did my 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 two bachelors, my masters, and my first doctorate straight through. I didn't have any breaks in between, so I was in school nine years, and I held a full time job for half of that nine years, half of that time. But I worked in the capacity of a consultant where I had more flexible hours and I, and the work was more project-based. So here I am, a 25-year-old consultant working full-time hours and working, uh, and then I'm in school full-time hours in grad school. And actually my job was in New Jersey and my college was in Philadelphia because so, I worked at AT&T at the time. So I was actually literally driving the Turnpike and the, and the Garden State um, Parkway literally every day 
between work and school to accommodate both. And um, uh, so I, I don't know if it was more passion, more more so than it was commitment. But then when it was all over, um, I loved my work so much that I wanted to continue doing what I was doing, which was you know programming database related. And my education was finished at that time, and so I was able to focus on starting a business. So as soon as I finished my first doctorate, I started a consulting firm. Nice. Um, very, very impressive, of course. And, and um, w- one of my questions, that kind of leads to my, my next question, is with young people, you, you had your particular path and, and how you – uh, found yourself, you know, pursuing your Ph.D. and even starting your own practice and, and of course, like you said, getting the funding, um, all of those things. When you're speaking to young people and encouraging them, and a lot of times, you know, especially when they're coming right out of high school, there's a, that's, that's a confusing time for them. And I know that there's a lot of talk about encouraging young people to um, get into STEM and the technology uh, areas of study. Um, what do you say to young people uh, about maybe if they should do things the way you did them or, you know, even just recommending to them should they pursue even beyond their, their bachelor's, master's, and, and Ph.D. in uh, technology? What are your thoughts on that? Young people like statistics, so I like to give them statistics to kind of get them get them motivated, get them interested. I give them the statistics of the number of children that, actually finished school, um, especially in the African-American community, it's a very low percentage. Um, And then I give them the statistics of how many um, African-Americans go further beyond the the bachelor's degrees into graduate studies. And I tell them statistically when we look at the the people that achieve the various levels of education, I show a corresponding achievement and the and the in the job work in the job force and the in the workforce, and and I and I I talk to them about owning their own business. I don't necessarily tell them that's the only way to go. I just give them the pros and cons of you know owning your own business versus going into uh, corporate America. They're both fine fine ways to make a living. They're both fine ways to to achieve success in life. Um, it just really comes down to your dedication to the things you might want to do on your own versus. Um, sculpting your, your craft or your skills, which is what you, you achieve, uh, you know, from corporate America, being able to you know, uh, 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 obtain the skill set that you need in order to continue to advance forward. So either way is fine. I just give them the different scenarios that they might want to consider. But I do make sure they understand that the education component is a very vital uh, piece, the way I see it, to um, – putting more of a guarantee stamp on that success factor. Understood, understood. Thank you, Dr. Brown. Um, about that, and, and a little more in-depth on there, I want to speak to the uh, race to, uh, uh, to diversify and diversity in IT. Do you think the lack of minorities in IT uh, not only just uh, for young individuals, but women as well. Do you think that ratio is getting better? It is. And what's making it better is the global market is now integrated into um, the IT workforce. IT workforce now looks like uh, and resembles a small representation of every culture on the, on the planet. Um, 
And a lot of the companies here in the U.S. have an offshore component, and within that offshore component, we get an opportunity to, to work side by side with, with, with folks from different nationalities. So when we look at minority, traditionally, we really only thought of minorities um, that were U.S.-based, but now that minority population does now include um, the global population. And oftentimes, you know, the folks that we work side by side with aren't in our offices. They're, re, you know, dialing into our, to, to, to the systems remotely from some other country. So the numbers are increasing. What I would like to see BDPA be a part of is increasing that number here locally um, by getting more uh, minority individuals into the STEM curriculum and ultimately into the STEM workforce. No, no, absolutely, and that kind of uh, bridges to to my my next question. Do people sometimes ask, or, or have have you ever been approached as far as our organizations like BDPA, which is is focusing on helping minorities getting into STEM and IT related uh, fields? Is an organization like that still needed, and and if so, why? Do you ever get asked that, and and uh, how do you kind of respond to if so? I think the first question, the first answer to the question is absolutely still needed. Um, if we weren't still needed, we wouldn't see the successes within the national conferences. We wouldn't get the feedback from the corporations that participate at the national conference uh, the way we do in terms of their excitement that they, they like the HSCC program, they like to see young folks involved, they like to see the college students from ITSMF, and they also like to see um, – um, the, the workshops that the, the conference puts on. If, so if it wasn't needed, then we certainly wouldn't see the successes that we that we achieve in those areas. Um, the second part of the question is, I think that as long as we continue to evolve the organization, as long as we continue to make ourselves relevant to, to people that are interested in IT and or are already working in it and need additional resources to further their skill sets further their uh, uh, capabilities in order to, to advance themselves um, professionally, um, then um, that the relevancy is there. I think that the people who, um, who, who, who are members are, are proof that um, they need something like what BDPA offers. We just have to, you know, hone in on those specific needs, um, identify with the, the current technology trends, they're out there right now because technology changes. It's a, it's a moving, it's a moving uh, elephant. It 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 looks one way today, and then we call it something different tomorrow. And we just have to make sure that that as long as people understand what's expected of them as an organization and resources that are that are necessary in order to meet those expectations, I believe we can achieve whatever we want to achieve, both as an organization and through our membership. Thank you, Dr. Brown. I think that's something that's very important, uh, very important, especially for us as members. As we rise through our own individual careers in IT, it's, it's important for us to reach back and lend a helping hand to those coming into the IT industry or just coming into the workforce um, uh, overall. Uh, but, but let's just speak towards the IT. Uh, we all yeah. like giving back. And I think uh, one of the most fascinating things 
that I've experienced being part of BDPA uh, uh, recently was at the national conference we had in D.C. And the uh, uh, not the multicultural diversity of the organization uh, that it's grown into. Of course, uh, it was started by Dr. Earl Pace, and it was more for African American community. But it's it's evolved in, into something a lot more. Uh, global, as you mentioned, and I think that was really empowering to see the diversity and multi multicultural diversity, of, especially in the in the students and the, uh, the young people that were there. Um, how did that, what do you attribute that multicultural uh, diversity to in in BDPA? How did it grow into such a multicultural uh, environment? Well, I think the I think to answer the question, the growth happens on its own. Whether whether BDPA was a part of it or not, the multi multicultural uh, component is there. Um, the good thing about an, an organization like BDPA is that we're able to focus our attention on that particular demographic, that particular group, so that we get to actually see it all in one place under one under one roof when you look at the national conference. But like I said earlier the global market has already created the atmosphere that, you know, technology allows for, you know, the, a multicultural growth. Keep in mind that in some areas within, within industry, um, segments are, have been created over the years. Uh, for example, finance, there's, there's, in, in the finance world on Wall Street, there, there's, there's very few minorities that participate um, from an industry perspective within that segment. Um, why? Because it was probably the way it was set up and the way it, what it took to get into that particular um, market, you had to have a certain degree from a certain school or a certain expertise. It was very, very specific. Technology does have its specifics, but they're not demographic-based. So anybody who can pick up a system, um, go to the public library, get online, and take a course, you don't have to go to a, a, a big four-year school you don't have to go to a or, or, or achieve credentials um, from the higher echelon of education areas in order to, to, to acquire the skills necessary to contribute. The contribution is where it is it, why the multicultural uh, component exists. Your contribution could be at, at the help desk level where you're simply just taking calls and answering, um, um, you know, support level um, type of type of um, contribution, which, you know, doesn't take a whole lot other than just understanding that level of, of technology. Or you can work in the capacity that I work, which is in the high-tech arena, where you're, you're ultimately affecting, you know, Fortune 50 companies' bottom lines in terms of being competitive within their markets, using IT as, as, the, as the tool to, to maintain that competitive edge, and everything in between. There's, there's not very many industries that allow for such a wide diversity of, of, of skill levels um, and welcoming the multicultural environment. I mean, healthcare is now starting to get there, um, and that might be by way of technology. Um, manufacturing is starting to get there, and I believe that's also by way of technology. Technology has become the virus, and, and I use that word specifically, that has a, is allowing the multicultural component on the, on the planet to infiltrate through into, into segments, into industries where 
I won't say that we weren't welcome, but it was very difficult to get the opportunity um, to be a part of those those particular industries. So it, it's and it's nothing anybody can do about it. It's nothing anyone can control. And the proof is that most most companies in those areas now have diversity officers, and these diversity officers' jobs are to make sure that the multicultural component is brought into those organizations. Um, some companies have had diversity officers for years. Some companies are now just bringing those diversity officers on board, but it's now there, and it's not going to go away anytime soon. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, just to, to add to that, because being at the, the National Conference this year, I even had made the comment that when the young people, when we, the, we had the opening ceremonies, it almost looked like the United Nations of technology yeah. as far as the diversity. And, I mean, I think that BDPA should be proud that, and you know, one of the things is, is we're getting the young people already indoctrinated and feeling very comfortable working uh, among all different and being accepting of different cultures and diversity. And, and, and that's going to help us with, come with better solutions to whatever problems we're trying to solve, you know, to your point. Um, and, and so I, I think that, you know, other organizations that are sponsored should start to also recognize that BDPA being there at the forefront from the beginning, um, you know, really preaching acceptance and, and diversity and, and that type of thing. And it, it's evident in the multicultural aspect of the young people that participate in, in our, our programs. So I'm, I'm really proud to, to be a part of it. Absolutely. Um, and, and so let me ask you, you know, that's one of the things. You're, you're a very busy man, very... Uh, accomplished you, you're between consulting and having your own business, um, and, and yet you find time to volunteer for, for BDPA. First of all, can you talk us through how did you come across BDPA? When did you first, um, you know, find yourself uh, wanting to be an active part of it? And then talk us through uh, what we know today is you're becoming the president, the national president of BDPA. So talk us through sure. your introduction to BDPA. Sure. I was originally when I when I was in grad school, uh, I found well actually I was towards the, at the tail end of, of my graduate studies, and when I came out with my doctorate, I found um, a young lady who um, I, we didn't work together, but we worked in the same uh, group, and she um, informed me of this organization. I was in Philadelphia, and um, so she invited me to come out to a meeting. So I came out to a meeting, and. Um, I got to, you know, I got to see. Now, now, mind you, until that meeting, I didn't think there were very many African Americans doing what I had be- become familiar with and actually ultimately wanted to pursue in terms of a career choice of, in, in, in IT. So when I got to this room and I found there was a room full of people that looked like me that actually worked in a similar capacity that I did, it, it was exciting. Because at work, I was alone. <laughs> um, when, when I go to the seminars and the conferences, there were some, you know, sprinkles of, of color, but not much. So going to this meeting, um, and it might have only been 50 people, 50, 50, 60 people in a room. So we're not talking about, a, you know, a conference, but we're talking about enough to really notice that um, I wasn't alone. And so, and then I asked around, and, and, and at the time, I was just finishing grad school graduate school, so most of the folks in the room were already had already been doing this for a while, 
where I was only maybe three years into my career by this point. So I didn't really have any direction. To me, it was just work, and it facilitated a way to pay the bills. But what the Philadelphia chapter allowed me to learn was direction. Okay, so now that I'm in this field, what's next? And start thinking about that now so that I can start preparing myself for what to do next. And I, and I think that's the, that's the real key. The real key is when you're in this field, you have to pay attention to what's going on and what's coming because if you're not prepared for it, when it gets here, then your skills become obsolete. They become um, um, old and, and no longer useful, and then you find yourself struggling trying to stay into the field. So, um, so that was my introduction to the BDPA, and then what I decided to do to continue giving back was once I acquired enough skills and, and, and took the tutelage that I learned from the Philadelphia chapter at the beginning, then I reversed it and started doing the very same thing that I learned with others. And I used to participate in the national conferences from year to year as a presenter. So I came back and brought my skills. I did presentations on um, IT, starting an IT consulting firm. I did my uh, presentations on entrepreneurial and, and technology and how they merge, things like that to show folks how um, I use technology to advance myself, and you could too, by following my example. And I did that for a number of years. Um, and then I came, I moved to Houston, and um, shortly after I moved to Houston, the Houston chapter um, had pretty much disappeared. Membership kind of went in different directions. The leadership kind of went in different directions. So witnessing a chapter kind of go from, you know, very, you know, not won't say very big, but big and, 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 and connected to the community to disconnected and ultimately no longer existent was kind of my, my wake-up call to join the leadership team. And so that very same year that that happened, I submitted my um, nomination for um, a national office and ultimately ran for national vice president. But that was the reason behind it because, to me, it was like, well, if you want to do something about it, then you have to step up and put yourself in a position to actually uh, make, those, make those, those adjustments happen. And since then, the Houston chapter is now back up to uh, I think we're at 30 plus members. Um, I get I get a lot of help, but it was through the national leadership, um, you know, somewhat teaching me what was necessary for a chapter to, to survive today. Um, I was able to apply that li literally locally here at home, um, and it worked. And now I'm trying to take that same lesson and apply it to uh, other chapters and other areas that can use the same type of uh, support. And so, but that's my story in terms of how I went from member introduction to the national leadership team, and, and as national, as the incoming national president, I'm going to continue to do that. Um, I'm going to continue to try to help the organization grow locally. We're going to try to build, build some new chapters out in the western region. We have some big plans in that area, um, as well as um, continue to grow our student population, um, our college population, and, and ultimately and obviously, uh, most importantly, uh, our membership. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we're speaking with Dr. Craig Brown, incoming national president of BDPA. And, Dr. Brown, uh, uh, thank you for that. And uh, I must say the Philadelphia chapter for, is, is kind of dear to me, even though I haven't engaged them yet. I grew up in Philadelphia, and I wish it was around when I was coming up and as a, as a young pup coming through high school. Uh, but I think the only opportunity I had that was similar was 
a, a corporation called OIC. But that was back in the day. I'm not going to tell you how old I am. But uh, uh, one, of the, one, of the, one of the fun things about being a part of this organization is going to different parts of the country, uh, uh, going back home to Philadelphia and going to D.C. and engaging the local chapters. So there's always – uh, a chapter out there and people of like mind to engage and share ideas with. So I, I, I enjoy that and look forward to uh, continuing to do that. Um, and, and shout out to the Houston chapter as well, as well. But the Philadelphia chapter, Curtis Jenkins, Byron, and Eileen, those are, those are some individuals that I look forward to engaging uh, when I get back into the Philadelphia area. Now, uh, going to the division, uh, and you touched on this a little, Think about, if you would, please, the vision of BDPA moving forward from this point on, please. Sure. I think that um, from a vision perspective, it really just comes down to to evolving the organization the way technology evolves. I think that we just need to to make the adjustment to make sure that we're not losing sight of the the end goal, which is relevant technology and relevant skill set. That those are the two keys to what the members truly get out of, of of being a part of BDPA when you look at applying it into our everyday lives. But we also want to make sure that the students understand that technology today and what they're and what they may be using as tools to learn is going to change and so we're trying to make the adjustments at the at the competition level and the and the student program level to make sure that However and whatever the students learn, they, adjust, they all understand how to make those adjustments as they reach their college careers and then ultimately as they go into their professional careers. Um, and holding their hand a little bit better than we have in the past through those transitions from high school to college and then ultimately into the professional ranks. Um, looking at the national conference, I would like the technology, and I think that everyone on the national board of directors, even Monique Berry, has said this, and so I believe we're all on the same page to making sure that the technology is more visible. You see the kids, you see the, the, the professionals, you see the workshops, but what we don't often see enough of is the physical technology that exists within our corporate sponsors environment um, and maybe even um, small businesses in the local arenas in which we host our national conferences. So we would like to add that additional element to the conference so that when you walk in the doors, you know, we, we know we know that we know the technology is there. We know what mobile application is. We 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 hear these terms all the time. Cloud technology. We hear these terms all the time. But I would like it to be present, so that well, if you were scared to ask those questions, if you thought you understood what it was, and it may be a lot more involved than you thought, here's a way to to to, to, to bridge that gap between what you think you know and what you absolutely should know. Um, so those are the. The, the high-level adjustments. Now, underneath that is a lot of hamsters and wheels turning to, to bring all that stuff into uh, into play. But but overall, that's the that's the, the the general gist of the vision that I brought forward. Absolutely, absolutely, and I'm really excited and looking forward to uh, the upcoming um, year and and your your presidency. Um, but just in general, because, again, we, we were very antsy and, and energized from the Washington, D.C. conference, and I think a lot of people came away from that. And, and that's one of the things that, that we've been saying here, as you know, we're the Atlanta chapter. 
is, is that every member needs to attend a national conference, and then you'll get it. If you don't get it at the local level, just attend your national because, and as you you well know, um, having served in, in a couple of different uh, chapters in different areas, you have members that they, they join, maybe at that point in time they, they have a specific need, whether they're looking for a job or in transition. They're there for that year, then they, they get that job, and then we don't hear from them. So so we, we deal with right. that in Atlanta, and I'm sure even in areas with less concentration than we have here in Atlanta, they I, I can't yeah. imagine the struggle that they're going through. So, you know, and speaking to our audience, because I, I even see some of our, our, our listeners, some of those in the chat room, special shout-out to Teresa Williams for joining us today as well. Um, um, I know that some of our listeners today are going to be some of those uh, national chapter presidents that uh, may be feeling that, that ebb and flow of membership. What, do you have any pointers for them from what you've seen or, or some of the things that you can even uh, put out there that might be coming uh, along the way to help those chapters, to get members to come, to stay and see value in uh, giving back and being a part of this organization? Sure. So uh, I can give you uh, – and we don't have enough time for me to give you all the examples that I can give you. So let me just give you a really simple uh, thing we've done here in Houston. Um, there, are, there are lots of ways to keep a member engaged beyond just their own personal interests. But think about any club, any, anything you belong to, sororities, fraternities, whatever the case may be. In order to be engaged, you have to have a reason – to want to participate beyond your own personal benefit. So don't, don't get it, it. It's okay to be a member and seek out your own personal reasons for um, benefiting from the membership because you pay for it. But to get beyond that, there has to be some criteria that, that these members would like to, 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 to use or attach on to to maintain their interest in the, the overall chapter's existence. Okay, so some of the things we've done in Houston is I, we we partner with um, uh, other organizations that have the people that are interested in technology, but they also have something that the people are interested in that may not be technology related. Okay, um, we just did a segment yesterday with a, an organization called Barbara Jordan Endeavors, and it's it, 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 it this focus is on special um, people with special abilities. Um, now. There are people in wheelchairs. There are people who um, have polio. They have very different um, um, components within their lives that impact their, their independence. But that doesn't mean that they can't do a technology job. At the same time, we have members that are volunteering to bring the technology to them. So where they came in and they wanted to get a certification, now they're helping volunteer that, that knowledge, that experience that they have they're now teaching it to people who are in a completely different category in terms of um, in society, okay? Now, that's just one thing. We have 15 different ways I can explain what we're doing in Houston. That's just one thing, and we had a really big meeting yesterday. Um, we had 200 people um, at, a, um, at an event where we actually are actually teaching, you know, mobile technology. We were teaching um, – just even Microsoft Office to people who've never installed it before, have never used it before. So it's a connection. Once you find that connection within your membership, um, exploit it. 
find out, you know, what are they interested in beyond, you know, their, their day-to-day lives. Um, and, and in most cases, technology is our job. In some cases, technology is for fun. So maybe gaming is something they might want to incorporate into their, into their chapter so they can bring um, certain types of people into the chapter from a membership perspective that are interested in games. All of our kids are interested in games. There's a technology behind that gaming com- component that they can use to bring folks in to learn how does the business work behind it and what's the technology behind it so that they can, you know, um, spark up interest, bring in membership, and then those members that normally would just go away after they earn the certification, there might be something in personally involved that they might want to do to stay involved. So these are some little things that we've done in Houston that seem to work. Um, um, I'm going to try to launch a, a program nationally that will incorporate this, this mentality into the way we go after members, defining who our members are, identifying with what their needs are beyond just their technical interests. Um, when you look at the national conference, we're like one big family. All I'm trying to do is find additional ways to increase the size of that family but not necessarily lose the cohesiveness of what the family represents, which is, you know, we all like each other. And that's the kind of um, environment that the membership should have within any local chapter within the country. I hope that, hope that um, you know, truly illustrates um, some ideas that a, a local chapter can incorporate um, into their method of, of obtaining members. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and you know, you, you, a lot of things that you said actually resonate with myself as well because I know at the Atlanta chapter we often talk about the, the family. You're, you're absolutely right. You know, and, and it's one of those places where you can come and even we've seen people gain confidence um, where they come in first sitting in the back of the room um, after some time with the family. You know, they're able to do presentations. Uh, you know, we just watch people blossom because they're among family, so we allow them to, you know, make mistakes and we give them the stage and they get that type of encouragement. So, um, and, and you're absolutely right because I think that's one of the things that we felt when we went to the national conference because I've, I've been to a couple of them in the past, actually the one they had in Atlanta uh, years ago I actually spoke at, but uh, it had been a while since I, I think I missed two and I went to this one and it just refreshed my memory that it's just on a bigger scale, but it's still very much family and you have like-minded people and just great positive energy and, um, you know, when you're watching the kids and seeing the kids and um, the banquet. And so I can't, you know, speak enough. And that that's one of the things that, as you know, Technology Expresso uh, Radio, our mic is open to BDPA and um, wanting to promote and help get the word out nationally, um, not just to other BDPA, existing BDA chapters. We also want other organizations to kind of recognize the, the what BDPA is bringing to the table and, and doing um, out there. And and I even saw that, and in, in, uh, I want to mention your website, uh, www.craigbrownphd.com. Great place to go to, to get more information about Craig Brown. Um, it was very insightful, and I'm glad that I, we, we took the time to, to visit that. And to all of the callers, all of those listening here, if you want to know more uh, about you as a, a person, um, it, it's very open and honest and, and really well put together. But 
um, everyone needs to, to visit that to, to know. And, and you being open, you know, being the, na- the next national BDPA president, that's, that's really um, kind of sets the stage that, you know, um, he, even with your Ph.D. and your, your higher education, you're still a, a very down-to-earth person and, and um, very open to people. And so um, I, I think that it's a, a great opportunity. And even you coming on the show with us today, unrehearsed and letting us just throw questions at you, we really appreciate that. And, uh, <laughs> um, you know, just, just great, great insight there. Um, one of the things that I did pick up also off of your, your website was uh, that you'd like to showcase more success stories. Do you have a, a couple that maybe, or maybe even just one that you want to share with our listening audience so that they can get a taste and flavor of what, what are some of the BDPA success stories that stand out for you? Uh, okay. Um, one of the success stories that I personally um, am, you know, was involved in and am aware of um, we, there was a student that had a, um, here in Houston a few years back, there was a student that had lost um, a loved one in a fire. And um, they went on TV and, they, you know, the news interviewed them and they said, you know, that, you know, they didn't know what they were going to do. And, you know, and, and this loved one was, 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 was the primary caregiver for the student. And so there was no real, you know, I guess at the time, answer to what was next for the student. Um, so some, I don't know how it happened, but this student found me um, through channels and wanted to talk about life and talk about what was next. But, but with the connection that the student made to me was that he was very interested in computers and didn't know what to do with his interests. Um, this was probably, it's 2013, this was probably six years ago. Um, six years later, this student is a full, full-time student um, at Texas State University here in, here in Houston on a scholarship um, in a computer science, um, computer science program. Now, the, the, the success is, is that the student made it to college despite their, um, the personal challenges they had in their life. But how they got there was through people, the people. And I wasn't the only person. I was probably one of the links in the chain that got it started. But this, this student... Um, made this journey through through the connections that you know I made with that person and some other folks made. Um, it's and, and we're going to make sure we're going to see this person through college. We're going to stay in touch. We're going to you know hopefully see them through a career. There are lots of success stories like that, similar to that, that we see at at our HSCC competition when you see the winners presented with their laptops and their scholarship money. There's also um, lots of success stories like that when you see the IT showcase um, students, you know, winners um, on stage receiving their scholarship money. But to know personally, you know, what, what inflicts um, the lives of people, what I think everybody, on all your listeners need to realize about BDPA is that BDPA changes lives. That's the success story that needs to be told more often. What happens with the people that we interact with whether IT professionals and, you know, they get that promotion that they were, you know, striving for and through our programs, through our local chapter program, that they were able to, um, you know, incur the courage, um, increase their, their, their viability within the organization that they work for or start that business they've been wanting to start because they finally got the skills they need or whatever the case may be. These are the types of stories that I would like the local chapters to, to tell more of and let people know, hey, 
you know, we have students that have graduated from prominent universities. We have students that work for really big companies. We have IT professionals that, you know, moved on and, took, and launched very successful careers. They're financially stable. You know, the story I just shared was one that I know personally of, but it, 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 it definitely is something that's, that's, that's spread throughout the organization. And I bet you you can probably get 10 of those stories from every chapter president and 10 of those stories from every board member within that chapter because it happens all the time and we just don't tell people about it. And that's what we need to change. Fascinating. Absolutely. Uh, that, that's a very true statement there, Dr. Brown, uh, sharing the stories uh, and the experiences we have in BD, with uh, BDPA. I myself am a, a recent success story. I, my, I just changed jobs, and this opportunity came about through um, the uh, I, uh, IT Minority Executive Forum that we had here in Atlanta. When was it? Was it uh, about a month or so ago? Oh, it must go fast. I think it was maybe uh, August. Uh, it was in yeah. August, yes. So uh, I am myself and a success story. Um, now let's fast forward, uh, say, two years from now. What do you want people to remember uh, from the Dr. Brown presidency? I want people to remember not so much me. I think that I'm just a servant for membership. Um, my attitudes towards the job that I've, I'm, I'm taking on and, and, and a two-year commitment that I've signed on to is really to help membership. But what I want people to remember are the changes that are being made over the course of time, not just within the next two years, but the two years after and the two years after, um, and, and how those changes impact their ability to take advantage of an organization like BDPA. I want people to remember how easy it is to come to a national conference and learn um, and, and benefit, how easy it is to join a local chapter, how easy it is to start a local chapter. What I would like to see us do better and improve on is setting the stage so that Becoming a member, staying a part of a local chapter, um, coming to our national conference are easy things to do. The hard part is, for, for anyone that's involved, is the personal work that one must do in order to, to realize those, those, those uh, advantages, those opportunities, take advantage of those opportunities. That's the only work a member should have to put in. Everything else should be easy and transition from one aspect of their life into another. Again, my, my mindset is that BDPA changes lives, so I'm looking at the big picture, and I'm hoping that the members um, can see that as well from a, from a membership perspective. Fascinating. Thank you, Dr. Brown. Everyone, we're speaking with Dr. Craig Brown, incoming national president of BDPA, that's Black Data Processors Associations here on Technology Expresso Cafe Radio. Jacqueline. Thank you. Um, so as we, as time, like I said, that's what we call it, Expresso, because time flies and, and, you know, we give these quick bursts of information and, and knowledge sessions uh, today's session is with uh, Dr. Craig Brown, and uh, I I'm looking at our time, and, and time is just ticking away. And, uh, I, again, I really appreciate you uh, as you've answered these, these questions and hit on these, the, these, these different areas. 
that our audience, which uh, in the chat room they're acknowledging and uh, that they're enjoying the, the line of questions. So uh, we may have a question, actually, from the uh, uh, chat room. This one comes from uh, Teresa Williams, actually. Um, do you have a plan for communicating to the BDPA membership? Okay, that's a good question. Okay, so the, the answer is yes. Um, the plan is simple. It's not a complicated plan. What we're going to try to do is leverage the way people are communicating today. Right now, email is probably not the dominant mean um, that people are receiving. And when I say people, I mean worldwide, like everyone, not just members. Um, they're, they use their devices. So we're going to try to set the stage to take advantage of using devices um, to give messages directly to you without um, relying so much on you retrieving them. So um, one of the first things we're going to try to do is incorporate um, a BDPA mobile application that will allow for such communications to exist. And if not through a mobile application, definitely through a texting system that will allow us to, to put right on your device what's going on in your community, within your local chapter, or what's going on nationally within either the conference or some online content that we want to start to produce. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Brown. Uh, and thank you, Teresa. Teresa Williams, for our audience, she is part of the leadership of the southern region of VDPA, and so uh, we appreciate Teresa very much. Um, and, again, encourage anyone else, if you're on the phone, if you want to press 1 and you can answer the call on air, or if you're in the chat room, um, you can also log into the chat room using your Facebook account, and you're welcome to ask questions. And we're also monitoring Twitter. Um, and, you know, that kind of you know ties to your answer to the, the question is, here we are a technology organization so, you know, there's so many different technologies, and like you said, they're always changing, and there's always something new. And, um, it, you know, part of what we do in BDPA is finding ways to use technology to uh, and leverage technology to our advantage. So, uh, you know, that in itself, and, it, and, and sometimes allows us to, uh, you know, play with some things that are above and beyond what we our day job is to expose us right. to new things, and uh, and that's that's one of the things we've enjoyed. Go ahead. Yes. As, oh, go ahead. Go, go ahead, Dr. Brown. Well, I was going to say, you know, to that point, um, we're we're gadget, we're we're a gadget, uh, um, you know, people. We uh, we like to get in touch with, you know, what's going on, you know, whether whether we realize it or not, technology is a part of all that stuff, and so. You know, as an organization like BDPA has to be in tune with the, the variety of technologies that are out there and the interest, the variety of interest that people have in technology. And so, you know, I would like to create a gadget corner, and all we talk about is what's going on in the mobility area in terms of phones and, and tablets, you know, and that's just the, you know, and you can become a member if that's your only interest. And I like to also talk about um, technology as it pertains to, you know, our career choices and everything in between. Technology is our focus. Membership is our business. So you have to continue to, you know, evolve and change that, that, that and, and maintain that gap between the two so that members have a reason to join and members have a reason to rejoin. And your reason for joining may not necessarily be your reason for rejoining, but 
I would like to be able to cover as many bases as we can as an organization to create that atmosphere so that, you know, we have um, 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 the ability to help each other out, especially in, in, in ways that, you know, technology forums help. For example, our, um, one of our members um, I, I was working with uh, over the weekend had a problem with her iPhone. Now, I'm not going to say her name because I don't want her to know. I don't know if she wants the whole world to know she had this problem. But um, I got online, I found the forum, I found the answer, we applied it. Now, imagine if you have, you know, as a member, you can dial into a forum, a BDPA-specific forum that is set up to do those kinds of things. It's technology, and it can get confusing sometimes, even if we think we know it very well. But having that ability to call or, or connect with someone you know has the answer is how it works. And that's what drives people to, you know, to, to, to certain groups. I want BDPA to be that group, especially within um, the minority, the minority um, spectrum, but not necessarily so, but especially so. So um, being that group, that go-to group, um, is ultimately what I would like to see happen and change over the years. That would be awesome. <laughs> that, I, as you were saying that, I was, I was. That's really intriguing because even like you said, it, it's like technology changes so fast. Even when we talk about phones and and that type of thing, uh, the new phones that are coming out now, the watches and you know the different add-ons yep. to those and then apps. Yep. We, we, yeah, you, you know, us geeks go crazy over that stuff. So. <laughs> yep. yep. And it, it, it'll Behind be a great extension. You know, yep. go ahead. Yep. Behind. Yep, no, behind every gadget, there's an engineer, there's an administrator, there's a support group, there are jobs. So where we take, you know, we take for granted that, you know, phones will always be around and, and, and updates happen and operating systems upgrade, there are hundreds of jobs behind all of those products. So getting familiar with the products on the front end can lead to, you know what, I would love to know what's inside these things and try to encourage as an organization try to encourage folks to, you know, decide, hey, that might be something I can pursue because I'm interested in it. And from interest becomes, can become financial freedom. So um, it's just the mindset that I have, and I hope that it, I hope it's catchy. I hope that it catches on um, and, and people start to think the same way. Absolutely. I think it is catching on. Uh, in, in, in today's world, you see technology at work in every shape and fashion. When, when, when they're talking about the national uh, um, health care program that everyone has to log into to sign on, I come, I've got an IT background, just as you, with uh, online transaction processing, and I see that technology. You know there's a database out there. There's a SQL or Oracle server out there. There's an application server out there and a web server out there that's not doing well, and they talk a little bit about that. And it's exciting knowing what's driving all these means of communications, and, and, and that's really fun and exciting. And we see it in, even in the children's and the high school competition programs, the, 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 um, the competition and the uh, challenges that they're faced with in those challenges, you see technology at work. And that's one of the most exciting things about being part of the BDPA uh, Association is seeing the technology at work, seeing the young people coming through, engaging those technologies, and being able to, as an adult, 
understand those technologies and speak to those technologies. So that's the that's a great part of the organization. Yeah, I mean, even on today's show, uh, and, and you've said this in other places, but I, I'm kind of uh, as I'm, I'm tweeting, I'm pulling some of your sound bites. And, like, I love the one that you just said is, you know, behind whether it's every gadget or every app or every, you know, video game, there are thousands of jobs. So, you know, and, and that's one of the things that, you know, I've heard people say, we don't want to just be consumers. Let's be a part, let's be on the innovation end of this. And, and I do think that organizations like our BDPA um, do actually cultivate innovators and entrepreneurs. And even yourself, I've seen you coin a tech entrepreneur. I, I like that as well. Um, and, and so and I've even seen it in the young people. We, we're looking at the future uh, owners of companies that are going to employ people. We're not just creating people. Like you said, there's, there's, a corp, there's nothing wrong with corporate America, and I'm sure that there's going to be some that are going to go into corporate America and be extremely successful, but there's also some that already are, have the mindset of, you know, starting their own businesses, and I think that's going to be some of our, our success stories too. We've got to bring some of that alumni back and, and see what they're doing because I know we've had some some great stories, and I, I just had a show recently uh, with a, a young man that went through the HSCC um, and then ran the Atlanta chapter um, HSCC program. You may know him, Wes Williams. Um, so, again, our platform is here so we can help promote some of those success stories. So so we look forward to, to that, too. Um, but, but, you know, and, and I can feel your energy and, and your passion and I, I know that you're going to really, you really have a lot of great things planned for BDPA in the uh, next couple of, of years. Um, and, and as we, we wind down here, one of the questions I wanted to ask you, any, any messages, any final messages that you have um, as far as BDPA, um, the young people, the HSCC programs, um, because I think certainly we, we've touched on a lot for sure. I just want to make sure you've had full opportunity. Anything that you want to say to the listening audience and, and to the BDPA past and present members? I actually want to get um, BDPA members, what potential members, members excited about our, our 2014 National Conference. I just left Indianapolis um, just this past week, and I returned home um, Friday night. And I was very impressed with the city. They have a lot going on there, a lot more than I realized. Um, I'm from that part of the world, but didn't do very much in, in, in the city of Indianapolis personally. But having just visited there, it's a, it's a very nice city. I, I, I can't say, I can't say it, uh, uh, enough about it. And the plans that we have for our conference, the hotel is beautiful. Um, if you like D.C., you're going to like Indianapolis in terms of the venue. Um, I would like to see everyone participate. We just launched the um, the registration, so you can register right now to go, and I believe that the registration early bird cost right now is $250. So for $250, you get the whole package in terms of what we're offering at the conference. So I would like to get folks excited about that right now because while we're planning and we're implementing what's going to go on at the conference, um, Better believe it's going to be an experience they'll remember. So, um, so, so get excited about that, and I'm hoping that the regional vice presidents like Teresa um, will also continue to spread that word 
Um, I'm hoping that um, the local chapters um, also get to spread that word, especially Atlanta, because I know I'm talking to the Atlanta chapter. Um, <laughs> get your folks ready. Get them geared up. Um, bring as many folks as you can. Bring uh, You bring in young people, even if they're not in uh, on the HSCC team. Our youth technology camp is going to be phenomenal this year. So um, I want everybody to get excited about that. So that's the message I would like to um, to leave leave with. Well, Dr. Brown, thank you. Well, just so you know, sir, you're not just speaking to the Atlanta chapter here. You're speaking to the national chapter. This radio show is archived and is available to all BDPA members who want to dial in and hear your message, uh, your vision for the future, and your experiences and success stories that we've been talking about and get a chance to uh, know who you are and so they know who's, who they're following. And, and I'm, okay. I'm empowered, and I'm looking forward to the next year. I'm looking forward to Indianapolis and being inspired again by yourself and Wayne Hicks. And uh, he really inspired me and got me energized in that, in the, uh, at the uh, D.C. conference. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I took a picture with you and, and Monique on stage when I won the, uh, that little Samsung laptop. Uh, that I very rarely get to. <laughs> I don't even know. So I, I know you come back because you want another chance to win. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know how to log into that thing. Jacqueline's got that thing locked down. <laughs> I'm serious. See, see, now, I think I'm looking for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I think the last time he touched it was when he was on stage. He came right off stage and handed me the box, and I've had it ever since. Yeah, I, think ah. I, I think I opened I opened it for you. That's about it. <laughs> But, but um, you need to so, win another one so you both can have one. Right, there yes, you go. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> m- more importantly, more importantly was that the uh, proceeds from that raffle went to a great, great cause. And uh, I think yeah. that's the most important thing. So I was really, really excited to, to be a part of the funds that that raffle generated because that's what it was really about. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And, and one of the, the points uh, to yourself as well, I, I'm totally on board with getting people energized and excited about next year's conference because if you start saving now, whether you've got to put aside a little bit, whatever you got to do, you know, people will put aside a little for their summer cruises and, and that type of thing. They need to invest in themselves and go to this conference. And I was just looking on, you know, the BDPA website. We already have uh, the early bird special that's going on. So people shouldn't wait till you know, July and then all of a sudden uh, say, well, I can't make it. If they start their planning now, and I plan on, you know, definitely taking advantage of the early bird um, because I plan to. We, we definitely plan to be there next year. And um, um, so, so great point and glad that, that we're kind of leaving everyone with that piece of that nugget of information. Start your planning so that you can meet Dr. Craig Brown in person um, and let him know how he's doing this time in, I mean, in August at the uh, National Conference um, and look forward to maybe he'll be speaking and uh, presenting as well, I'm, I'm sure. Um, but just, uh, just, again, great opportunity today, and we will be pushing this out and promoting it uh, through our archive and for our archive listeners it's just a great opportunity and appreciate you giving us the time today for us to get to know you and just to have you speak, you know, from the heart and, and just off the cuff and really gave us the opportunity to get to know you a little bit more. And I'm sure the same for all those that, that listen. 
And, um, again, we're going to say our mic is open to you anytime. You want to bring us any updates or any uh, new presentations or, or uh, new initiatives that are coming out of the national chapter, um, we actually we, we look forward to it and want to support you any way we can. But, uh, again, thank you for your service. I know it's not a small feat being the national BDPA president. We, we love Monique, and she's done an awesome job and, um, you know, it, it takes a lot of hard work and dedication, and, and we just want to acknowledge that and appreciate you for doing that. I appreciate it. Thank you. My pleasure. Not, not a problem. Not a problem. So, ladies and gentlemen, this wraps up another shot of Express Technology Expresso. Uh, I hope you enjoyed uh, what we had to serve you today and more great shows coming up as well as Please continue to visit our archives. We've got other great guests like our, our very our Dr. Craig Brown uh, and the show we had today. Please visit the archives for more up-to-date information about BDPA and all things technology and STEM-related. So with that. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Dr. Brown. Thank you. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>